time for The View from Victoria with the Vancouver Suns' Vaughn Palmer. Vaughn, good morning again to you. And good morning, Jill. And Jill, I am trying to think the last time I saw an issue go sideways <laughs> as fast as Ken Sims' <laughs> plan to obliterate the Vancouver Park Board. I, I'm thinking maybe it must have been John Horgan's fiasco makeover for the Royal BC Museum here in Victoria, which was the subject of a furious denunciation within about 48 hours of the announcement. So, you know, I was sitting here yesterday uh, reading my inbox and I get a press release from the BC Conservative Party, John Rustad, weighing in on the park board thing. And he says two things. He says, first of all, if the provincial government is going to allow this, they should order a referendum. Let the people of Vancouver decide on whether or not they want to get rid of a democratically elected park board. And he also takes a shot, Rustad does, at Ken Sim. He says that Ken Sim should get his own financial house in order before he starts going after the park board. And I looked at that and I said, well, first of all, you know, you can say what you like about the Conservatives and John Rustad, but he's on his toes. We're still waiting, Jill, as you know, to find out where the NDP stands on this and where BC United stands on this. We've already heard from the Conservatives and John Rustad. Uh, yeah, I saw that news release as well and thought it, w- it was an interesting take on it. And and I was thinking not only, like you said, Vaughn, when was the last time we saw something go sideways like this, but also the last time uh, you and I have spent so much time talking about a civic body yeah. and that yeah. civic and uh, provincial politics uh, have kind of blended together. Yeah, and uh, the main reason for that, I think, I mean, apart from the fact that you know, Ken Sim is a political force and has only been mayor for what a year is because he can't do this by himself. I know that the city council uh, is dutifully going to vote on what the mayor wants today, but they can say whatever they want. They can't get rid of the park board, not the elected one, without provincial government approval. The park board exists in a provincial law, the Vancouver Charter, They need the help from the New Democrats to get this done. They want the New Democrats. The request is to pass the legislative change in the spring session. And I can tell you the early look at this from the New Democrats, they're going, ooh, (laughs) why should we have to wear this thing? Yeah, we like Ken Sim, but uh, I don't know whether the New Democrats want their pre-election session of the legislature, any part of it consumed with what is shaping up as a bitter debate over, you know, the issue that Rustad raised. The park board is democratically elected. The commissioners were elected a year ago. They didn't say, vote for us and we're going to get rid of ourselves and (laughs) abolish the board. On the contrary. So it's a, I think Rustad has put his finger on the reason why even people who aren't happy with the record of the park board are going, this is kind of an undemocratic way to deal with it. And that's why I think the call for a referendum is not far-fetched. It may be that the New Democrats say, fine, you want this? Put it to the voters and let them decide. Why should we, the provincial government, wear this? As you know, Jill, the New Democrats are already wearing one of these with Surrey. They wish the issue would go away. They wish they'd never gotten into it. I think they're going to be very reluctant to step in something as messy as this in the city of Vancouver. And there was the one line in John Rustad's news release as well, without 
saying specifically Surrey police. He says they've created a mess by overturning democracy in Surrey and uh, they can't be allowed to make yet another mess in Vancouver, which, like you said, and you've been saying that too, that they they don't want to have to wear it and have a repeat. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Brenda Locke is now running ads out in Surrey saying, uh, talking about the NDP tax increase that's coming in Surrey, right? This is a horrible mess. And, you know, they say the New Democrats went in. They didn't really go into it with eyes wide open. They did not recognize when they supported the original move and let it happen that there was going to be a reversal in Surrey and they were going to be dealing with it year after year. I think Rustad also raised another interesting issue for from a conservative point of view, which is uh, Ken Sim is doing this as a supposed saving of millions of dollars. And Rustad is pointing out what, you know, we know, which is the city of Vancouver has just approved, what, 7.5% increase in property taxes. The mayor is increasing the budget for his own office, something he opposed when he ran for office. And they've cut the firefighters budget. So, you know, I think it's, it is, Rustad is kind of looking at this and saying, this doesn't sound very conservative to me. And I think that's a fair shot as well. My colleague, Dan Fomano, Post Media, looked at this claim that the mayor has made that, oh, getting rid of the parks board will save millions of dollars. So Dan tried to find out where that money is. Well, the total annual salary for the six park board commissioners that the mayor wants to fire is $150,000 on a budget of $170 million. So it is one-tenth of 1% of the budget. Where are the millions, Dan asked. And, you know, you said yesterday, Jim, uh, Jill, how prepared was Sim for this? So Dan asked the mayor's office yesterday, where are the millions of dollars? Oh, I'll get back to you on that. We'll get back to you on that? They should have the audited financial claim of savings of millions of dollars ready to go if they thought this thing through. And it's looking more and more to me, Jill, like this was a seat of your pants, back of a napkin exercise by the mayor. He did not realize how badly this thing could go sideways. And even if there aren't millions, which it is difficult to try and figure out where they would come from, if you're moving one body and bringing it under the umbrella of council, presumably you're doing the same jobs. You're you're cutting some of the red tape and the redundancy. But even if they came out and said, well, it's not actually going to solve million or save millions of dollars, it is going to streamline the process and make things more efficient. But but it wasn't. You're right. It was just throwing out these claims and saying how great this is going to be and then not being able to answer any questions about it. Yeah. And that's where it reminds me, Jill, of the Royal BC Museum fiasco, where they made all kinds of claims, couldn't really explain why the museum was going to be closed for eight years, couldn't really explain why it had to cost a billion dollars to do it. But I'll say this for John Horgan. I thought it was going to be one of these things that I call the gift that that keeps on giving. It's Mm. a mess that goes on year after year, and I keep getting columns and punditry out of it. But Horgan, to his credit, slammed the brakes on in a, in a month, took all the blame onto himself and ended the storyline right then and there. And I'm already looking at this park board thing in Vancouver and I'm wondering if, you know, uh, if Ken Sim has any good political advisors 
whether they're going to say, gee, boss, you might want to rethink this one and put it off because you need the help of the provincial government on this. And I'm not sure it's going to be there. Continuing now with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. And Vaughn, we are moving from the park board to another favourite, and that is Woes at BC Ferries. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We've seen a high level of provincial government political interference in the ferries since the New Democrats came in, and and so it makes them a little more accountable for what happens there. Uh, And there's been, you know, in spite of the turnaround and the firing of the CEO and more than a million dollars in, in severance they paid and installing an NDP cabinet minister to oversee it. Uh, the ferries are still a source of trouble. So yesterday, the independent commissioner that still oversees the ferries and regulates it approved a ferries plan to add four new vessels to the fleet by 2027. So, you know, if you're waiting in line for the ferry this morning, I don't pop the champagne corks. These ships are not for the major route, Jill. They're for the minor routes. Uh, Two of them will be on the Gabriola Island run, and two of them will be on the Quadra Island run. That's important if you live on those islands, but that's not going to deal with the problem between the island and the mainland where we've had most of the trouble. So the troubles continue on BC ferries. Uh, They are planning, Jill, seven brand new major ships. They have a a plan for that, but the first of those ships won't be in service if all goes well, and when has it ever all gone well on the ferries? First of those ships won't be in service till 2029. So Mm. that is not gonna be the solution to the problem on the major routes. And I was looking too at uh, when you mentioned the hybrid vehicles and and uh, remember when that was first announced with such fanfare and this was going to be great and these new ve- uh, vessels for BC ferries, but it seems like they have information about them, but still not a whole lot on what they're going to cost. And like you said, they'll well, be going to those true. smaller routes, but we don't know a whole lot of the details. Yeah, based on the past, you're right. They won't say how much these four new ships are going to cost. They're negotiating with the builders, and the builders will almost certainly not be here in British Columbia. But uh, they're negotiating with the builders based on the experience of the first six smaller vest, uh, ships, hybrids that they commissioned. I'd say at least $200 million for four more. I think the first six cost $300 million, So, and it may be more than that price of building ferries may have gone up in step with the price of just about everything else that we shop for today. So we don't know on that. Uh, New Democrats also, you know, uh, still, uh, they're still getting pushback from the idea that some shipbuilding should occur here in British Columbia. They have so far not done that. They do a lot of servicing here. They don't build ships here because it's a lot more expensive. Uh, You may, I suppose, see some sort of partnership. That may be what they're negotiating. But the real problem for the travelers is the continuing difficulty on the major routes. You remember, uh, Jill, uh, one of the German-built vessels, Coastal Renaissance, was taken out of service last summer because of motor troubles. It was supposed to be back for the Christmas travel season. Mm -hmm. It is not. It is still laid up. And they're now saying it won't be back in service until March, which would mean it'll be out of service for six months. Uh, You know, I uh, traveled uh, 
the other day on the weekend on one of the old spirits, which were, for heaven's sakes, built under the Socreds. Remember them, at least they were. The project was launched and it's still rumbling along fairly well. It doesn't seem to be having a lot of trouble. Once in a while, there's a bit of servicing on it, but uh, it's interesting. The Ferry Corporation has had more trouble with the new stuff, including the stuff they've built offshore. I mean, the Coastal Renaissance is a German-built vessel and a I know people don't associate mechanical difficulties with German engineering, but in this case, there's a problem. And and a, a series of problems. And like you said, six months seems like a long time for one vessel to be out yeah. of commission. Yeah. yeah. And the other bit of news out of the ferries yesterday is, again, you mentioned how they launched these plans of massive publicity and everything is wonderful. Uh, a while back, we got this grandiose launching of a plan to remake all the terminals and bring in state-of-the-art technology so you'd be able to walk in with your smartphone and get on the ferry. Your, your car would be automatically, when you, when you checked in at, a, at an electronic terminal, directed to the right lane. This was all going to be state-of-the-art stuff, and it was all going to be like, gee, the ferries are joining the same thing as as the airlines and the transportation industry, they've put that on hold yesterday. Our colleague Rob Shaw reported this on check last night. Uh, the ferries have withdrawn their application to the ferry commissioner for a terminal technology upgrade. They say it needs more work and more study. And so that one is on hold as well. So Again, uh, yeah, I know people on the island are kind of obsessed with busy ferries for all kinds of reasons, but the troubles continue. I would say uh, the transition has to the NDP-controlled era has been a lot more bumpy than the New Democrats hoped for. Yeah, and uh, was it a surprise that they withdrew the application? Uh, they said, the ferry uh, Jimenez uh, did speak to Jack last night, and he said, look, we talked. Uh, to the uh, technology firm that we were looking at to do this work. And there's a whole bunch of questions we still haven't answered. It's still complicated. And we decided we better not go ahead at this time. We better go back. I don't think they're going all the way back to the drawing board, but they're just not ready for this transition. Uh, Ferry Corporation has had a lot of trouble with uh, technology uh, their own website, uh, Jill, everybody has a story about it not working very well. So I guess I'm not surprised that it turned out they hadn't thought the whole thing through since that kind of a comment applies to a lot of what fairies have been doing under the New Democrats. All right, Vaughn, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye, Jill.